ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. This is a show that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. As you will hear in the show, I'm very passionate about the goddess Alexa Bliss. She is a very, very good competitor. But what else is very, very good? It's the rest of the content you can get on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We have Central. We have our feature shows that come out weekly. Next week, we'll have our Survivor Series uh, review. Um, that pay-per-view just coming up. And don't forget all of the other stuff that you can check out um, on that feed. Some of which we'll discuss in our intro, so I'll leave that for now. But we also have our YouTube channel. Um, and we have the conspiracy video on there. We have Quiz Showdown. Quiz Showdown 5 will be coming very soon. And you can check out our new show, Book It. It's a tournament where people have to put together match cards and the best match card wins. And we'll eventually have a champion at the end of it. But let's meet my panel for today. And uh, just spoiling everyone who's on, it's a Saturday Draft Live <laughs> themed <laughs> panel. Um, first up, we have a man who not only um, is one of the founding members of Saturday Draft Live, he has also just had the latest instalment of East Meets West drop um, on the podcast feed. Scott McLeod, pleasure to have you. What did you and Grant talk about in that last episode? Uh, we talked about Power Struggle, one of the last major shows uh, of the year for New Japan, and we previewed the best of Super Juniors and World League, which are going to be happening kind of coherent at the same time basically throughout the next month which I'll need to keep up with because I'm not allowed to sleep apparently well I did not understand a word of what Scott McLeod just said but I'm sure for you Japanese wrestling fans out there it's very exciting times uh, joining us also he is looking forward to uh, this Saturday on Saturday Draft Live they get to look toward the end of the season try and predict what's happened please welcome Mr Jack Graham Jack how are you? I am very well thank you as, as, as it's been well documented across the Facebook community page on Saturday Draft Live and any show I can get on I am winning this season I'm sitting pretty up at <laughs> top and I don't intend on changing that in any way so on the Jack season 6 chat and last but not least, this man has been here since the dawn of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We love him. You love him. Everybody loves him. Mr. David Hockney, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Thank you for asking, Dave. None of them asked me how I was. I am doing all right. I went to <laughs> Aldi before this. I got some bananas. Banana, nana, nana, nanas that they set me up for the week. Uh, and I can't wait for it. But enough about my bananas enough about Aldi we are going to be talking about Alexa Bliss and to start off I just want to get I want to set the ground here I want to see where everyone stands on Alexa Bliss so Scott I'll come to you first what are your overall thoughts about Alexa Bliss where do you think she ranks in um, modern women's wrestling where do you think she ranks in the overall history of women's wrestling what sort of impact do you think she's had overall Jesus, not a loaded question to start off at all, is it? <laughs> it's very open. You can take it wherever you want to go, Scott. <laughs> I think in a, an era, especially like on the main roster, that I think people are expecting more work rate from like the women's wrestling now, given like what we we got from like NXT and the Horsewomen, and mm. like we seem, it seems to be right now that the whole Horsewomen community dominate a lot of like the, the, the women seen on both brands on the main roster. So only a select few women, other than them, seem to stand out. And I think Alexa Bliss is one of them, you know, mm. and I think a lot of that is in her promo ability and as we'll talk about here, she's, she's developed a lot in-ring, but I think in terms of on the mic, I think Till Godin is one of the best talkers in the women's division and depending on uh, how people look back on her, maybe regardless of gender, one of the best talkers ever. 
Yeah, I like that. Jack, do you agree with Scott there? Is Alexa Bliss strength in her character work, in her mic work, rather than what she's able to do between the ropes? Yeah, I, I completely agree there. I feel she's one of the best at portraying the the character she needs to be. She always, in that she gets given, she always like does it to her 100% and she does it like bloody well. So we saw that she was part of the new kind of SmackDown 6 for the, the women when they got drafted in that time. And then the No Mercy pay-per-view, she came out dressed as like Harley Quinn. Yeah. That was a kind of like skyrocketing point from that. And she took it and she flew and just look at what she's done since that point. You know what I mean? She's easily one of the like biggest rising women stars in recent wrestling history and arguably one of the most decorated as well. Absolutely fantastic. Yes, I think she is one of the most decorated. Thank God it's our stats man uh, coming up here uh, mm-hmm. with David Hockney. Dave, like Alexa Blitz, since she's been on the main roster, it, it's weird to see her without a championship, you know, uh, on her waist. Like, how successful has Alexa Bliss, Bliss been from a kayfabe point of view in that regard? You know what, from a kayfabe point of view, she's actually accomplished a lot in, you know, such a short space of time. Like, because she's, uh, she's won the Raw Women's Championship three times, SmackDown Women's title twice. She's one of only two people to have, well, two teams to win the Women's Tag Team Championship twice. Mm-hmm. She's also won Money in the Bank, and she's recognized as uh, the second Women's Triple Crown Champion in WWE after Bayley. So it's, it's a lot for... A lot of achievement in just the space of four years and you know as the guy said i think a lot of it's down to her character work as well given that you know she hadn't she didn't have a lot of uh wrestling training before joining nxt mm. yeah definitely and i think that's a good jumping off point because you talk about her character work but in the early days of our our time in nxt dave staying with you that mm-hmm. character looked very very different indeed didn't it Okay, I mean, what a way to start off. I mean, because I think obviously she was touching on the fact that, you know, her background was mainly in like uh, gymnastics and cheerleading and stuff. And that's kind of what uh, carried her forward in the in the sort of first instance in NXT, you know, when she was just trying to gain ground. But she did pick up some notable wins. You know, she beat um, Alicia Fox in the tournament to crown the new NXT Women's Champion. So she could have... Uh, she could have some decent matches. And she even went into a, a feud with Sasha Banks. Uh, for the NXT women's title as well but this was when she was still a face character and I don't think she was picking up a lot of steam I think the the real turning point was her was when she aligned herself with Blake and Murphy and Mm. then she became the more villainous character we know today and that's where I think you know people started getting eyes on her and thinking okay she could be a major player here not just NXT but someone on the the main roster as well Totally, I think that's that's the big turning point. But like to sticking with that babyface run for a second, Jack, what do you think was the problem with that early Alexa Bliss? What didn't quite click in a way that we would see her get over with the fans later on? I just think it was she was too green in the hmm. sense that like it was as I said, also her background was gymnastics and, and cheerleading. There wasn't much wrestling ability, so to speak, and particularly in NXT, that's kind of a thing that gets developed and is needed to begin with because that's kind of what that diehard audience looks for and there wasn't a lot even just like that character in itself there just wasn't much there she had a bit of a corny entrance music she was just kind of like a, a cheerleader so to speak that was really it there wasn't much gravitas or anything for the fans to be like oh I need to care about her. Yeah, definitely. And it, it should be noted in that time, she was one of, uh, I like to call them Hunter's Angels, uh, the part of his entrance <laughs> at WrestleMania 30. Um, I think it was it was Sasha and Charlotte were the other two there, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, but Dave's already mentioned it, Scott. We do come to that 
that heel turn where she helps uh, Buddy Murphy and Wesley Blake in their quest uh, to become NXT Tag Team Champions. What do you remember from that initial heel turn of Alexa Scott? And of course, her legendary feud with an NXT cult icon in blue pants, who is a name I haven't <laughs> thought of in a number of years. What do you think of this time period, Scott? I think it was what she needed at the time because I think it shows that you know, some people are just natural babies, some people are natural heels, and it showed that Alexa Bliss was maybe more comfortable with more natural being the heel, and it also gave uh, Blake and Murphy like an extra boost as well as the seal tied team. Now they have their their manager or David Sato also wrestles. She's kind of I think you'll hear a lot of, like similarities between Alexa and Trish, uh, mm. and I think again it's fitting that they both started out like managing uh, tag teams that not a lot of people remember were a tag team at least Blake yeah. won tag titles and yeah and she had that she came in to help them against Enzo and Cass who had Carmelo and it says that evened it up so then the Vaudevillains had to bring in Blue Fans then you know if we know nobody talks about Blue Fans I believe she retired from wrestling to go uh, become a librarian or some such mm. <laughs> wait no no chance is that is that Blue Fans yeah it's Leva Bates in AEW now no chance, mate. No, I, it I, is. I had no clue. I thought Blue Pants had disappeared off the face of the earth. Eh, pants and all. You know, I, I thought she was done. <laughs> um, but you talk about those early sort of uh, feuds she had, Scott. Sticking with you here, she did move into a feud uh, with Bailey, um, where she wasn't able to capture the NXT Women's title. I'll ask you this. Alexa Bliss's time in NXT is very much overlooked, I think. I think that her in-ring performances there, they're not as lauded as those of her peers. Jack touched on the fact she was green. Do you think NXT was the wrong brand for Alexa Bliss to shine on? And why do you think that was? I don't think it, I don't think it was the wrong brand because obviously people forget that it's still a development. You'll have people who came in from the Indies, but you also have people who, like Alexa, didn't have a wrestling background, so need a bit more time. And I think Alexa, outside of the match that she had with Bailey after Bailey uh, had that match with Sasha at takeover respect for the title. That's our really our only main like notable like match because it's for the title other than our Sasha feud. Because other than that she was either managing Blake and Murphy, who after losing the titles went on a really bad losing streak, or she was just in random matches. But mm-hmm. I, I think if you gave her more time in NXT and let her develop the character that we'd later see on the main roster, she could have done a lot more. NXT could have been a good uh, NXT Women's Champion, you know, the feud with her and Bailey wasn't so good when they did it on Raw. Under the NXT banner, uh, I think they could have done a lot more with that. They could have done something a lot more memorable. Because, like, they had her face her one week and then they just moved Bailey on the other feuds, you know, because you had Alexa, Carmella, and Naya in there who all weren't very experienced. So, yeah. for Bailey, the most experienced opponent she had at the time, the only person she ended up the only person logically she could have dropped to do with Asuka because you know Asuka was well, well, world travelled by that point but if you gave Alexa a lot more time I think if Alexa didn't get drafted and she got more time to develop in-ring she could have been a good heel foil for Asuka when Asuka started out as champion because mm. I think her and Carmella especially when they went up to SmackDown it was too soon for them well, we'll talk about that. It's interesting that you mentioned the names you've mentioned there because if I think if the four horsewomen are the sort of uh, A-class of uh, NXT talent, X-class of Bliss, Asuka, 
know the names they've already mentioned there, but you, Scott, you talked about uh, just at the end there, maybe it being too soon for Bliss to be drafted up to the main roster. Indeed, she was in the, the 2016 WWE draft. Jack, I'll come to you because we've talked about this. We're both big fans of this SmackDown 6, this Divas, the women's division rather, that they built up at this time. Um, what were your initial thoughts, but if you take yourself back to the night of the 2016 draft, seeing Alexa Bliss being called up to the main roster, what was your initial reaction to that? My initial reaction was that Vince McMahon must fancy the pants offer. <laughs> fancy the blue pants offer, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was very, I was very confused at the time because really, like even even before this, like we were, when we were doing the Alexa Bliss show, I was thinking, what can I not promote? Can I remember from NXT? And the only back and I remember was when there was the the six person tag and it was Blake and Murphy and Plus against Bailey and two others and I remember the Bailey to Bailey suplex and that was about it and then all of a sudden there's that call up and she's like it's not even part of the supplementary draft I think she's part of the actual draft she wasn't like the last one like Carmella was and I was like this is weird but she she's probably ticked every box that Vince looks for in a glamorous diva brackets mm. so to speak you know what I mean it's kind of what Vince wants that I mean, I absolutely hate, I'm, I'm going to say words that I despise, it's like eye candy in the sort of way that will get folk mm. to watch, because like, that's what he thinks, but obviously we don't like it, we want it for the wrestling sake, but that's, I believe that was probably the reason why she was called up, and I was like, oh, I just hope that she doesn't get buried or turns out to be really, really shit, and boy, was that wrong. I, I, I have to, it's one of those ones where I, I think I shared similar opinions to you at the time of the draft, but then she had that first promo on SmackDown, I remember her coming out and cutting a promo on SmackDown. It was like the whole women's roster came out and they had like, ch- like sort of mini segments to to do their thing. And I liked the presentation of her, like if nothing else. Dave, what did you think? Like in that initial run she had on SmackDown, and indeed taking into account that six women tag at SummerSlam, which she managed to win. Um, what were your thoughts on Bliss's start? on the SmackDown roster. Were you sort of cynical of it at first as Jack was? And how quickly did your mind change with regards to Alexa Bliss as time went on? I mean, I was a little bit cynical at first because I thought, you know, she spent some time in NXT, although it wasn't really as groundbreaking as, say, you know, Asuka or the Four Horsewomen and stuff. But one edge that I think Alexa definitely had over over the other female talent was that her character was head and shoulders above everybody else. Like she knew how to cut a heel promo. And I think that's what the SmackDown women's roster was lacking in some essence. Cause you know, you had sort of heelish characters like, uh, you know, Natalia could, you know, swap between face and heel pretty easily, but there was never really a clear cut sort of heel character. And I think Alexa was the, the person to fill that void. And not, not to take anything away from her, you know, her in-ring ability and stuff, you know, that was still a work in progress, but she continuously kept getting better as the weeks went on. And I think that's what really made the difference. You know, a strong character who was still improving over time. It was the same, same as you could say with maybe Shayna Baszler in NXT when she started out, you know, like she was obviously very dominant in the ring, but still a bit green in some aspects. But as time went on, she continuously got better and better and her character grew a lot more confidence with it so it, it kind of parallels with each other and i think it just took a bit of time you know for for bliss to really just sort of settle into that role yeah totally and it's it's one of those ones that quickly escalated you know and in sticking with you dave is we're we as we are here at the point of no mercy you know she's meant to get a title match and she doesn't get it she does get that title match however in a place near and dear to all our hearts initially <laughs> 
at the Glasgow Hydro. You know, mm-hmm. so Dave, what do you remember about? Were you there for that for that show, or do you remember watching it on TV? And did you think that was going to be the night that Bliss managed to take the title off of Becky Lynch? I wasn't at the SmackDown show, unfortunately. I was at the Raw show instead. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of uh, other folks on the podcast. So I only had to watch this match on on TV. Uh, I had an inkling, you know, maybe. Alexa could have snuck in a, a sneaky win against Becky because, I mean, Becky was champ by this point for about a good couple of months now, but I think the title change would have been more suited to pay-per-view as well, given, you know, I think they had the only the second women's tables match in history by that point at that year's TLC. So, and this was at a time, you know, you know Stephanie McMahon was beefing up the women's revolution and stuff. And this was one of those instances where I think it was too good an opportunity I missed to do it on pay-per-view, but yeah. being able being able for it to be showcased in uh, like on TV as well. Again, it just adds more more angles to the story and more development for Alexa. I know. I wish I wish it could have happened in Glasgow. I was at that. I was at that SmackDown tape, and I took my, my youngest sister to it, and I was I was hoping for a title change. I was Aye. like, please, because going off that topic, a couple of years before we went to a house show at the Hydro, and it was for the NXT title, and I, I must have missed where they announced it was an elimination match, and it was Tyson Kidd uh, pinned. Uh, I think it was Sami Zayn, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> we're just seeing Tyson Kidd win the NXT title. We're looking for it to turn out to be an elimination, so I felt a bit rod, but. Jack, coming to you, TLC happens, table match, you have that ending where Bliss manages to powerbomb Lynch through the table. What did you think of the match itself from memory? And also, where did it rank for you in terms of shock value? By this point, had Bliss turned it around enough for you to believe her as a legitimate champion? Or did were you completely bamboozled by this? Were you completely shocked? Um, I was, I half expected it, I half didn't, because it was the, it was at, after that point that I mentioned where they kind of had the the whole Halloween thing at the No Mercy pay-per-view when it was kind of that uh, Harley Quinn makeover, and then that just mm. blew Twitter up. Yeah. And obviously that got noticed by a lot of folk, and quite the higher ups, like, we've just struck gold here, we need to kind of keep this going. So I was like, well, if they're going to keep that going at some point, it's going to win the belt, but... I didn't expect it to be at TLC. I don't know why I didn't think it'd be so so soon after that. But I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I was happy that it happened because it was a bit not not that I wasn't a fan of Becky Lynch at the time, but I was finding it a bit boring because I felt that the the other stuff that was going on in the women's division at that time was so much better. And I thought there needed to be a shakeup, and Alexa Bliss winning was that shakeup. Yeah, totally, and it was a shakeup, and. It's, it's something we've become accustomed to seeing is Bliss with a title around her waist and I think part of that comes with the fact that so soon into her career she was champion and we're used to her at a championship level, used to seeing her with that belt but Scott, the next development in Bliss sto- Bliss's story comes very soon after this um, it's just over a month later, it's at Smackdown and it's a steel cage between Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch and mm-hmm. Alexa wins that match due to interference from someone who has a return what did you think about this person aligning themselves with Alexa Bliss? Uh, were you excited to see it at the time? And how big a shock was that for you as well? Yeah, just quickly go back to the Saturday House Saturday in Glasgow. I was there also. Oh. I, went, um, I used to get to Wavell for one. I remember watching like, the kickoff show for No Mercy where they announced that the match isn't happening. Then Daniel Bryan goes, but you will get your title shot in Glasgow. I mean, Ross were watching it, but we're like, oh, we're going to be there. We're going to get to see <laughs> Love it. Like and like 
when it was a shock when Alexa even won the title because she was really Becky's only real rival when she had her first title reign as SmackDown Women's Champion. I think Becky, when she started her man run, she won the belt back, admitted in an interview that the reason her first reign was so underwhelming is it was a bit of her own confidence issues Mm. at the time. So I think maybe because of the way Alexa carries herself and her promo were more natural compared to Becky's original, like, last kicker street fire calling herself Becky Balboa. Totally. Compared to our later man stuff, uh, kind of comes across as very generic. I think they thought Alexa carries herself more as a champion, so I think that's maybe to do with why she won the title so early. And mm. then they'll say, I like the idea like they, they ramped up from regular match to a tables match, and now a steel cage match, which is <laughs> like you would do in a regular feud. So it felt like well, this women's tree was being booked the same way that a like men's tree would be booked. Yeah. The feel of, of Mickey James was uh, not so surprising because you no, know, there was rumours of her coming back because you know she'd appeared at Takeover Toronto because you know when nobody the A class and B class all got taken up to the main roster for a while, Asuka had nobody to fight in NXT. They completely gutted the place, totally. Which is why they had to bring in Mickey. But it was a it was a good dynamic. The idea of this veteran coming in to then add to this growing like smack, new SmackDown sites that they were forming in. We mentioned it on the Bellow show. This then led to that elimination show where we had three separate women's matches with mm. their own separate stories. Totally, and that was a good... Just touching on that, does anyone know who was originally meant to face Asuka uh, when Mickey got the show? Uh, not too sure. It was originally booked to be Trish Stratus, but Trish, uh, somehow personal issues got in the way so she couldn't make it. But it was meant to be Asuka versus Trish at that NXT TakeOver. Fun wow. fact for you all. Yeah, which would have been something very special. It's in Canada. Yeah, exactly. That was the point. That was the thought because it's in Canada. But there's not many people you, I think you can bring into a lane with Alexa Bliss at this time who are better than Mickey James. I know for myself, she was involved in the first major women's feud that I seen was uh, Trish, Trish and Mickey at WrestleMania 22. She's a, a very, very respected uh, individual. So obviously, Bliss's story goes on to WrestleMania 33 where she loses the title to Naomi. And then she loses the title to Naomi in a, uh, she loses again uh, to Naomi in a rematch. So that is the end of our first SmackDown run, Jack. What did, what were your thoughts at the end of this when Naomi's vanquished Bliss for good? Did, were you convinced it was the time for her to move over to Raw? Uh, do you think she'd achieved everything she, that she could on SmackDown at this point? I think she was kind of shafted near the end. To be honest, I didn't want it to end. There was obviously I think there was a lot of, as it, as it happens really a lot on Twitter we see but I feel like I've spoke a lot about Twitter this episode but, uh, but more about it uh, I think this was about the time where it was like give Naomi a chance mm, Yeah, and that's something mm-hmm. that happens quite regularly and then when that happened and I believe the show got moved from the the, the match it was moved from the pre-show to the main show Yeah, and I thought right well I think this title change is going to happen it's going to be Naomi just because everything that's kind of gone on about it so I, was, I felt she was a bit shafted because I thought it wasn't much fair on Alexa Bliss. Obviously, she got it mad and lost again, blah, blah. So I felt right, the time needs to go for her to move. But I, I wasn't happy with how it ended, I won't lie. Yeah. Nah, I, have to, I have to agree with you in a sense. Like, Naomi is great, but this was for me prime bliss like to me this is still the the best part of her career I'm, I'm very very fond of that that smackdown run dave do you agree do you think bliss has reached the same heights that she did in that initial run as smackdown women's champion how do you, how fondly do you look back in this time period uh you know what i actually think she did really well for herself given you know how well i know there were sort of still 
still going through the women's revolution at that point but what she accomplished and how she carried herself on the brand it definitely made her a standout option and definitely uh, a hot commodity you know for any brand uh, she's a part of because she did get drafted to raw as well Ooh. after wrestlemania so i think that was the time you know she needed a, a change of scenery and some new competition so uh, they, this was i think this was probably the best thing they could have done with her you know give her something fresh don't let the um you know keep the keep striking the iron while it's hot i think that was the the phrase I think would be most suited and you know Naomi you know it was a great moment for her at Wrestlemania winning in her home state of Florida given that she had to relinquish the title due to injury at first instance but winning it back you know at least it gave her a chance to carry Smackdown's women's division forward as well. No I, to I, I totally get that and I agree with everything you're saying there but she did ultimately move over to Raw and Scott she has this uh, <laughs> she has this feud with Bailey uh, for the Raw Women's Championship and <sighs> For me, it's one of the darkest points of Alexa Bliss's career from a storytelling point of view, Scott. Can you take us through this feud uh, briefly and also just sum up your thoughts of it? What were your thoughts? Do you think Bliss came out of this damaged in any way in the fans' eyes? I think the, I don't think it did either of them any favours. I think it harmed Bailey more than anything. Mm. Because, you know, I the baby went through a phase of like taking the... Well, getting a description from NXT of what they call it main gimmick was and just taking one key thing from it like Bob Rudy does all these things as oh okay glorious Finn Balor okay he wears paint oh Bailey you know has the same childlike innocence as when she was growing up much like the fans that's why she connects them okay treat Bailey like a child and like, like they even had like this ask Bailey point blank on a promo have you even kissed a boy and <laughs> then like, they even did the like the this is your life thing and oh uh, and like our old friends from school basically making out as if she was a bad friend because all she wanted to do was stay home and watch wrestling because she wanted to be a wrestler like well she is a wrestler now so really, really you're the dickhead and, <laughs> and then Bailey was one of many to that, that long trope of you must lose if you're in your hometown because their first match if the title was in their hometown and then Bailey seemed to be too good to use a candlestick stick and a candlestick stick in a bloody pole match you know it helped Alexa she started like she maintained her dominance over the women's division. I think they needed a strong uh, heel at the top of Raw after like Charlotte moved over to SmackDown. Mm. And so I think they think Alexa filled that role. She did the whole thing when she started on this like platform above all the rest of the division and called her, declared herself the goddess and all that. But I think it really like came at the expense of Bailey. And yeah. I remember this time also she was still developing in ring and there seemed to be this like backlash towards how heavily Alexa was being pushed. And like some people who the people who didn't like her seemed to immediately dismiss people who did like her by basically like, oh, you don't like her because of her promos or in ring. You just like her because she's attractive. But like, who are you to declare why I do and do not like somebody? Fuck off. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that's and it's so sexist. Like it's, it's so sexist to say, oh, you only like her because she's attractive. No, we like her because like she's by and large one of the most entertaining parts of the program week in, week out. But I do think you're right. Um, Bailey did come out more damaged with, uh, from that feud than Alexa did. She moves on. She has back and forth with the title for Sasha Banks. This part of the time where Banks couldn't retain a title to save her fucking own life. Um, and she has a couple <laughs> of minor feuds against like the likes of Jackson, Emma. <laughs> Sorry, can I, can I bring this briefly chime in here about Sasha? By the way, during this feud with Sasha, for a wee while, I went right off Sasha Banks. Yeah. Because Sasha, remember, like, Raw Talk, like, 
they did like raw talk after like one of the pay-per-views where she lost to Alexa and I think I, Sasha kind of let slip how she really feels about Alexa not as a character <laughs> but as in real life wow. where she basically went on this rant calling Alexa fake and basically like, like she doesn't she didn't, doesn't care about wrestling but she pretends she does she claimed that Alexa can't tell the difference between Matt and Jeff Hardy it's basically a case of like you don't like wrestling as much as I do and now it basically Sasha exposed how threatened she was that basically Alexa was getting these opportunities that she clearly thought that she yeah. she should get like because like Sasha is like she is notorious for not being able to hide like her dissatisfaction with things like sometimes if she's coming to the ring with a grumpy face on you like she's losing this match and she's failing <laughs> to hide it no chance for Sasha thanks you <laughs> I totally get what you meant but it comes with the being at the top you know you're always going to have that target on your back you're always going to have people who don't like you and she had a lot of people come after her this time Emma uh, one, of the last, one of the last bits of action Emma ever got uh, Monday Night Raw uh, Mickey James coming after her but it all led to a historic moment a historic moment um, in, in February of 2018 Jack where we got the first ever women's elimination chamber match which Bliss ended up winning what were your thoughts on the match itself and do you think Bliss was the right person to win this first ever women's elimination chamber I, I, I felt that she was definitely the right person at the time, I, I, I just I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of kind of other folk who were in it. I didn't want Sasha to win again. Didn't want Bailey to win. I would be nice for Mickey to win and Sonya and Mandy. I just didn't believe they could have won it at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I felt if there was going to be one person that was going to be Alexa Bliss. I felt it was a really good match. I, I enjoyed everything that happened with it, but uh, I don't know. I, for some reason, I kind of forgot it happened until this show was going to go recording. <laughs> Do you not remember that moment uh, where she hits the, the twisted bliss uh, off the top of the pod? I remembered it once I looked up. I was like, oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> I couldn't have told you off the top of my head that like, that happened. For some reason, it's just forgotten. Yeah, uh, I think the most memorable spot about that match was the uh, was Sasha doing the like replicating the scene with Bailey from The Lion King with Scar and Mufasa. <laughs> Like it was, uh, you know, they were climbing to the pods and then Sasha kicks Bailey down. I think that was the most talked about moment because they thought they were going to go into a feud afterwards. Ah, oh, yeah, and we had to wait over two years. Before we actually <laughs> to, got it, yeah. To actually get that. It's been great. It's been great. Um, I'm not sure you could go and tell our past selves that in the amount of time we had to wait for it. Um, but Dave, around this time, the Mixed Match Challenge was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a, a very Mixed Match team. It was Alexa Bliss uh, with Braun Strowman. Um, it's a it's a partnership that people still look back fondly on to this day. You know, still talk about to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. What were what were your thoughts on this partnership that she had with Braun? You know, I wasn't too sure about it at first because I'm thinking, okay, this is like this is literally Team Little Big we're talking here. Like you couldn't get you couldn't have picked the biggest person going up against the smallest person without some purpose, but. Definitely their interactions with each other showed that they've got a lot of chemistry as well. And mm. as evident from recent promos on SmackDown this year, uh, you know, Alexa's even acknowledged that she and Braun are like really good friends in real life. And they've done, they've even done an episode of Ride Along together as well. So it's it's good to see that there was plenty of chemistry between these two. And I think it brought out a side of Strowman as well. You know, it, it made them, you know, a bit more amicable in the eyes of the, of the audience. And they, they were even teasing a bit of a, a bit of a romance angle between the two, but obviously it never it never kicked off because I think that would have been quite quite funny to see. But the, watching those two together and see them interact, 
and they continued that interaction for so long. I think that's probably one of the most memorable aspects of the first mixed match challenge. Yeah, and my favourite bit there was an interaction they had. It was before the Money in the Bank match. Uh, where everyone's stupidly sitting in ladders mm-hmm. uh, or still referencing it so it's always quite funny I enjoyed that partnership um, but then after this she moves in uh, to a sort of bullying angle uh, with this is why I forgot what happened at Elimination Chamber because by God I hate this so much <laughs> I knew Jack, it was the start Jack, of the follow up Jack you have the floor please tell us about Alexa Bliss's road and subsequent match at Wrestlemania 34 Oh, right. <laughs> so, Alexa Bliss, great. Our character works good in this. Fair enough. Mickey James is involved as well. That's because it's going up against Nia Jax because obviously two for me picking one big girl, you know what I mean? It just screams Vincent Mann all over the place that we need to bully someone and like make them like, cry on TV and then have them overcome and win, blah, blah. And then, oh, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I didn't like it. I, I, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. It, it was it was just typical high school tactics, you know. It's like let's pick the two mean girls to pick on the fat kids. That's that's. It was just. I mean, you wouldn't expect anything less from Vince McMahon. But in the end, I suppose it was a good payoff for Nia Jax to show that you know it doesn't matter what you look like as long as you've, you know, if you've got the well, if you've got the the tenacity to just go ahead and win something, you know, it's it just goes to show it doesn't matter what shape you are, you can still yeah. win. Yeah, try to play devil's goat forget here, you know, uh, Scott. Yeah, devil's, you, like, devil's what? <laughs> devil's goat, goat forget, you know? It's like advocate, except I'm the goat. Tell you uh, what, so- add that to the Oxford Dictionary, that could be the word of the year. <laughs> but Scott, surely this gave Alexa Bliss, which she didn't have before, a featured one-on-one title match at WrestleMania. And regardless of the match quality, is that not a good thing in the stepping stone of the career of Alexa Bliss? Like, Alexa Bliss had two major feuds in 2018. One of them she got injured in. And the fact that that wasn't during our feud with Nia Jax, but, <laughs> in itself. but I, I'm getting a strong sense that Jack doesn't like this angle, and really, I don't think many people did. It's not as bad as the Bailey feud, I don't think. But like, I think it's typical, like like you said, Derry or Vince, like for completely negating the fact that a lot of people knew that Nia had a background in modelling before coming to WWE. But it's just typical, like she's fat. Why would anyone find her attractive? Pick on her. Like, you know, you had Buddy Alexa Bliss playing the, the perfect role of the, the Billy, the Regina George character, basically, uh, in WWE. And the one negative about the WrestleMania match is, no offence, like, I know you want to give people their moment and, and on uh, WrestleMania. Alexa should have got squashed in under a minute by Nia. They should have just had Nia come in, murder her, and basically that's her revenge, because you're going to do the rematch the following month anyway. That's when you get your time, but, like, a lot of, everybody was talking about like Naya needs to just kill Alexa and mm. like under a couple of minutes because like what if you if you'd been put through what Naya's been put through and the weeks leading up to it, that's what realistically should have happened. Especially on the same card as uh, Asuka versus Charlotte. I think mm-hmm. this yeah. one this one got harmed a wee bit in terms of people were tearing apart. Like we said at the start, Alexa Bliss is more known for her promo work and her um and her character work than she is for the in ring. So but it's sort of when you're up against Asuka and Charlotte, it, it makes that even more clear. But good news for Alexa Bliss was to come, and good news for me, because it helped me win the very first ever uh, season of the draft, was it <laughs> 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 uh, came at money in the bank. Obviously, she's lost the title, lost the rematch to Jax. Um, but Dave, she wins the the money in the bank ladder match and then shockingly mm-hmm. 
interferes in a scheduled match between Nia Jax Ronda Rousey, makes it a triple threat, and manages to win the Raw Women's Championship. What were your thoughts on, on this night? How shocked were you that Alexa did this, um, cashed in on the same night? Something would seem done before, um, but uh-huh. something we, that we think would happen kind of rarely. Um, what were your thoughts on it? Honestly, I think a lot of, a lot of us were uh, predict, making predictions of this match, and almost all of I don't think any of us actually picked Alexa Bliss to win this match. We thought, you know, she's just there for filler, and you thought maybe somebody like Charlotte or Sasha would have won this one. But see when Alexa wins it, like that was that was a genuine shock, and we thought, okay, maybe let's see what she does with the briefcase because she could really have an extended program with it, you know, in the mm-hmm. same way Carmella did. But I think cashing in on the night was actually quite a smart decision. Uh, for long-term booking in the feud with Ronda Rousey, because this is when you know Ronda also had her first women's championship match against Nia Jax, and I think it was the only way that they could have protected Ronda for from not winning the championship, but also not incur a loss at the mm. same time. So I think the way they did it was actually quite clever. And then Bliss sees the opportunity. Oh, let's cash in now, win the title now, and I think her winning the title was probably the right thing to do because I think she would have got a better feud out of Ronda Rousey not necessarily a better match but I think in terms of cutting promos and we all like we've said you know Alexa Bliss is great at cutting promos if she did the same with Ronda on a high profile pay-per-view such as SummerSlam it it was all set in stone really yeah and I do need to I do need to come to you Jack with a question here is before we get into it do you think that Alexa Bliss went over here at the expense of Nia Jax. Because Nia Jax, whatever we think of her now, she did have real momentum at this time. Do you think Jax got completely lost in the shuffle when it was clear that WWE wanted to go with Bliss versus Ronda as their next big feud? I think it was going to be lost in the shuffle regardless. I think think this was maybe the best kind of way protecting protecting Nia at all costs. Because if it was just that normal match of uh, Nia against Ronda everyone kind of figured that Ronda was going to win and that Nia was going to get lost at least at the loss of Alexa cashing in it was some sort of shenanigans way so it wouldn't have been like oh she's just lost clean it was kind of oh she's kind of technically well screwed she wasn't prepared for this blah 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 I feel it would have been much worse if it went Ronda going over Nia to begin with so I guess I guess as David said long term booking it's helped a lot but mm-hmm. Naya was just stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and coming to the eventual SummerSlam match, Scott, what were your thoughts in the match itself? Um, do you think that Alexa Bliss put in a good performance against Ronda Rousey, or would you have liked to have seen it play slightly differently? You see, like, this match, I'm pretty sure I looked up, because uh, I uh, was looking up a question regarding SummerSlam uh, that year for this uh, upcoming quiz showdown. Ah, but, good plug, uh, good plug. Thank you. But uh, I've seen the match times according to Wikipedia, which is never, ever wrong. <laughs> uh, it says, like, four minutes that match went. And you look yeah. at that, like, see, you did there what you should have done at WrestleMania, with Alexa just getting killed. Mm. Except this is for the reason, the fact that Ronda, realistically, could be in there with a UFC bag and probably should have just went through Alexa. And I do agree that Nia getting lost in the shuffle, because, like, Nia weirdly played the de facto heel uh, going into a match with Ronda. After the previous month being called, like, like the trying to accuse, like, no, she's the real bully. And then shortly <laughs> after, like, you had the speech with Alexa, which you knew was just fell until Ronda came back. And then Nia turned heel partly because they didn't have anything for her, and then partly because the fans hated her because of what happened to Becky. But then, like, you basically turned her heel 
soon after our big moment at Mania, which negated the whole thing. You basically proved Alexa right all along. Mm. And then, you know, Naya got annoyed that Ronda injured uh, Alexa during the match, which, you know, is the definition of people in glass houses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, it's like when you look at even Naya Jack's recent history, I can't remember. Is it Mandy Rose she's rumoured to have injured uh, most recently on Monday Night Raw? Um, like, so, yeah. Like yeah, uh, like, 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 criticizing your weight. <laughs> Lord above. Anyway, so we move we move on to from that feud. Obviously, we've touched on it there, Scott. Uh, Bliss had a lot of um, injury issues, and Dave it never affected her more than in the lead up to Evolution because Bliss was meant to have an absolute dream match, in my opinion, one on one Alexa Bliss versus Trish Stratus. Mm. It then became clear that Bliss was too injured to have a one-on-one match, so it became Alexa Bliss and Mickey James versus Trish Stratus and Lita, only to find that she was too injured to have a tag match, so it became Alexa, Alicia Fox and Mickey oh. James versus Trish Stratus and Lita on Lita. How bad did you feel for Alexa Bliss uh, leading up to Evolution? And also, what do you think the quality of the match between Alexa and Trish one-on-one, as it was originally scheduled, would have been? Uh, like you, you can't help but feel sorry for her. you know this was it was announced that you know evolution would be the first all women's pay-per-view and this was a time when alexa was still the raw women's champion so this would have been before uh i think it was before SummerSlam as well mm. when the match was announced but then as the time progressed and you know the injury started piling up the match just progressively got worse and worse but i think it was actually quite good to have the tag team idea involved because that way at least it gave lita a position on the card as well and we know trish and lita you know, two of the most legendary women in WWE history going up against, you know, and the tag match also protects Alexa given the, the the state of the injuries. But when she was substituted for Alicia Fox, I think it just brought the the interest in the match right right from, you know, peak heights down to the bottom. And it doesn't surprise me that that match went on first. Evolution, you know, get that feel-good legendary moment from two veterans of the business, you know, getting a, a win. But I... I think it was just overshadowed that, you know, it's Alexa couldn't couldn't really compete and, you know, it would sort of play a role in her sort of in sort of the following year as well. Yeah, so she never got that moment against Trish, but I'm gonna surprise you all here with a quick question. Which WWE legend would you like to see Alexa Bliss go up against one on one? Because we've not really seen her in that environment. Jack, come to you first. A WWE legend you'd like to see go one on one with Alexa Bliss, who would it be? God, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm here, I've got a good one. Dave? Beth Phoenix. Uh, Alexa versus Beth, I think, would be really, really interesting, especially Beth, we've also seen, can hold her own in the mic. It's that little and large dynamic going against each other. I like that one, Dave. I like you that know, one. And, and Beth, you know, she's had, you know, the odd match every now and again. You know, she competed at WrestleMania 35. She competed in both... Uh, the 2018 and 2020 Women's Royal Rumbles. And, yeah. you know, Beth lasted, lasted to the final four as well, so she can still go in the ring. And I think, you know, a, a match with Alexa would be a really good clash of styles, you know, with Alexa being the, the conniving heel and Beth being the, the powerhouse that she is. Yeah, I've got one. I've got Jack, one now. I've got Jack, one now. Is AJ it? Lee. Oh! Ooh. I'd love that. Alexa Bliss, who's more of the sort of like you said the regina george character against aj lee who's the more sort of outside of the box you know as he called herself the anti-diva 
Um, I think you've got two sides of the same coin when it comes to Alexa Bliss and AJ Lee, both great in the mic, uh, both quite good in the ring, but more known for their mic work, so I think the promos and lead up to that would be fantastic. Um, Scott, we've had Beth Phoenix, we've had AJ Lee, do you have anything else to offer to the table here? I've got a serious suggestion and a not-so-serious suggestion. Okay. Not-so-serious suggestion, you just said one-on-one with, one, one -on -one with a legend, so part of me is to go full day long, say one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm trying to think of someone more less obvious and kind of underrated, so I'll say Molly Holly. I like, I like Molly. You know, Molly's Molly's quite, you know, the, the white meat baby face, you know? And I think Alexa works really well against them. I've went something similar to you, Scott. I would sorry, love... Oh, sorry, Scott. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when she, I was say about Molly, when she has come back, both as Molly and Mighty Molly, and like rumble appearance that she's shown, she's actually can still like fairly go. And like then again, you've got a multi-month program there. She can't beat Mo Molly Holly. Can't beat Alexa Bliss. But can Mighty Molly beat Alexa Bliss? <laughs> the Balor couldn't beat you. It's the Demon Balor. That could be quite fun. I think that could be quite fun. I would go if she keeps up this fiendess character and starts to do um, some really like insane things. Why not? Someone might not want to see that in TV. Someone might feel they have a right to censor that, oh. you know? I would like to see <laughs> Alexa Bliss go up against Ivory. I think that would be pretty, pretty cool. I would love that. Can you imagine the promos and the lead up to that match? The weird fiendess Alexa Bliss versus right to censor Ivory? Come on now, come on. Uh, sorry, somebody else just popped to me. I don't know why I didn't think of them before. Like, cause you mentioned like she's in this fiendess character. She's a bit get out there. Somebody else who was described as being out there when she first came in was Victoria. Ah! Uh, there was rumours of her coming back at the 2020 Royal Rumble, and then she just didn't show up. I was, I was waiting for, I was waiting for her to show up. Got buddy Santina. Santina, come on. Dave, you touched on this. So Jack, I'm going to come to you. After this period, Alexa Bliss was just down with injury. You know, she's announced the team captain for Raw, um, but she wasn't going to be wrestling. Um, she was the new head of the Raw Women's Division, <laughs> wasn't going to be wrestling. Host of WrestleMania, infamously with appearing at the start of the show with Hulk Hogan. Again, not wrestling. Um, do you think it's all negative from this time, or do you think the fact that they kept her on TV, um, this is where we've seen a moment of bliss come into play, do you think that was a smart move for WWE to play in her strengths, or were you waiting the full time to see her back in action in a wrestling ring, Jack? Um, both, I think, because I'd, I'd say from even for just beyond this, before this point and going forward, Alexa Bliss is probably my favourite kind of current uh, women's wrestler right now. She's mm. amazing at everything that she does, and also it was an absolute torrid time when she was just getting injury after injury after injury. But I think it also showed the faith that Dowie had in her just as a personality in itself that they allowed her to have keep on carrying this on screen role to yeah. keep her on TV because clearly it's, she's amazing at what she's able to do and they, they, they know that quite frankly and from going from that point they're like no we still need to keep her on so they managed to get her involved in some way so I, I, I do appreciate that she was able to still be on TV but I've just, it's just a shame we couldn't see her back in the ring yeah totally totally and that didn't really come 
uh, the full return back in the ring. We obviously got her at the at the Women's Royal Rumble match. I remember I had her that season in the draft, and she was like minutes away from becoming the Iron Woman in that match before she got tossed out by that bitch Bianca Belair, who I still hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> I still hold a grudge against to this to this very day. Um, but eventually, we do see her uh, Scott come into her own in a sense in a weird tag team. At first, we thought with Nikki Cross. What were your thoughts when this team was first formed for Alexa Bliss? I think I think you talk about holding grudges against people like I held a grudge against Alexa because I thought she's in the Women's Rumble, she can be in multi-woman matches. But I thought as the host of Mania, she would enter herself in that year's late WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal mm. and then like, come in at the last second to win it, which I put in my predictions, which uh, did not end up coming true. But <laughs> she did it. It was good that while well, it was sad you didn't think we weren't sure she was going to be able to get back in the ring for a while, she got to be kind of like the female Roddy Piper. She got this regular like talking segment where they managed to like expand other feuds. You know, they used her show to announce and unveil the women's tag team titles. But then they had this thing with uh, Nikki, which at first like clearly seemed to be like, oh well, like this clearly uses Nikki Cross here, and everybody and their grand was saying that to Nikki, like yeah, Natalia, Bailey, everybody saying like she's clearly using you. But then they just stuck together and became like tag champs. And you're waiting for this turn that never comes instead of like uh, Nikki turning heel and then like being this heel women's fighting champions. They have a legs that kind of turning face, which I don't think anybody was expecting. So then, like, yeah, it was in hindsight, it makes Bailey like the bad guy because she would later turn heel. But you look at Alexa, you can get why she would want to align herself with Nikki if she was a heel because she wants to use her. but Clearly, she wasn't using her, so that just makes this question: so Why did she suddenly team with like Nikki Cross in the first place? Which I don't think we ever got a clear answer as to why they suddenly worked. Because, like, I'm sure, like, didn't Nikki like technically she was fighting for Alexa and the woman's mind in the bank, where basically, if Nikki won, she would give the case to Alexa because Alexa couldn't compete yeah. in the ladder. So, like, again, it seemed to be set up for like the reveal of, oh, I was using you all along, but like, I just then just realised, like, oh yeah, we've all been we've all been wrong about Alexa. I don't know if that was their intention. <laughs> I think it's... I, I don't know if the story played out the way it was originally meant to, but I'd, I think they were going for the story of Nikki originally... Uh, originally was going to use Nikki, but then they became legitimate friends. You know, I think that's maybe the story they were going for, but Dave Scott touched on it there. Maybe we were expecting... Um, Nikki or a bliss to turn on one another or maybe we're expecting a heel turn but do you think it was the smart move playing them off as this sort of mismatched babyface tag team who came out with their coffees and they had their coffee cups and that was their whole thing did you like that um, early dynamic of the team? I did actually yeah because I thought this was going to be a story where you know Alexa uses her uh her past tactics you know like like she did with mickey james and stuff you know she just uses people to her own benefit and you know we figured this wouldn't be any different in the case of mickey cross but as the story sort of panned out you know it's you know they started clicking more and started having more things in common and they ended up becoming a very formidable tag team you know for a very long period of time and it actually i think in turn caused alexa to have a have a, a much needed face turn as well to sort of shake up her character and I think as a result, they've sort of became good friends in the process as well. Like, you know, when uh, Bliss is doing her Uncool podcast, I think mm -hmm. recently she had Nikki Cross on and they were talking about stories about, about horror films and what life was like growing up in 
in Glasgow for Nikki's case, and she was they were having conversations about the the old firm games and still game as well. It yeah. was uh, it was really really a really fun fun podcast to listen to. Uh, so uh, yeah, Blessing Cross as a tag team was actually really something I think the women's tag team division needed. Mm, and we've talked about it at the start of the show. First ever two time. Uh, women's tag team champions um, winning those titles on two separate occasions. Jack, now that it's all said and done, now that the Blessing Cross tag team seems to have dissolved perhaps permanently, what do you think their legacy is? Do they have a defining moment for you as tag team champions or do you think it was a bit underwhelming in some sense? Uh, I would, I'd say it was a bit a bit underwhelming. Uh, I just I wasn't no, I, I don't know. There's something that just didn't click. I feel that everything was good up until that point, and then I felt that the the the, the caliber of folk that they could have went up against was pretty pretty bleak. But I think that's more yeah. to do with how the women's tag division was booked more than their actual title runs. Also, they can't they can't do much more than what's given to them. You know what I mean? It's just what was put in front yeah. of them. I don't think was good enough or built appropriately. Nah, I totally get you and I'd probably agree with that again. It comes down to, I think Blessing Cross were great in the mics. They were great in promos, you know, I enjoyed the Moment of Bliss segments, but it's hard to point towards a definitive match for the duo. I think the closest thing that comes to it would be their women's tag team title match at WrestleMania Mm -hmm. against the Kabuki Warriors, uh, despite the lack of crowd. That match, how much, how long did that match go on for? It seemed to go on for ages. Yeah, it was Um, like 15 minutes or something. Yeah, it was the opening match to that WrestleMania as well, so it's quite a prominent position. And I think the brass in the back, they do trust Alexa Bliss, and that's clear. Um, whenever they roll her out for anything, they know they can depend on her. And that's well, they the got, more tr- they got a lot of merch out as well, like Bliss Cross Applesauce. That's kind of where their catchphrase came from. Yeah, totally. It's always good to sell merch, Dave. You know, I mean, I wish um, that we had a, a T-shirt for me on uh, Eat Sleep Tweet I could use that to buy my Christmas <laughs> presents. You know what I mean? But you know, that's <laughs> like. A conspiracy theme, a conspiracy uh, theory themed T-shirt. The only opinion that matters, mind. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, Dave? You know, it, it's just a oh, bestseller. But anyway, you're feeding his ego too much, Dave. <laughs> That's for Stephen Wilson to decide. But anyway, we move on to the most recent era of Alexa Bliss, and recently we've seen the themed first come after Alexa. And it seemed like it got away, but Bliss is showing more and more fiend characteristics, especially after being moved over to Raw uh, with this entity. I'm going to come to each of you in turn. I'm going to start with Scott. Scott, what are your thoughts on this storyline so far between Alexa Bliss and the fiend Bray Wyatt? You see, at first I thought, what the, what the hell is this? Like, mm. yeah, it was shocking when he when the fiend first attacked Alexa. Then the next week you had this weird awkward thing where she's kind of trying to stroke his face and he's backing away from her. And like, you're not sure what's happening, but then slowly but surely you have Alexa slowly like changing as the weeks go on. And like, mm-hmm. it's been this kind of narrative the fiend changes people that he, he comes across after he locks in that mandible claw. And I think it's having her like change up her character, even like, she's not clear heel or face because reports are they're actually trying to book her and raised through the top faces on Raw, which is hard to like imagine given what their character is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the idea of adding somebody to the Funhouse who's not like a puppet, like an actual like, per- roster member to the 
the Funhouse. I think is a good way to help expand the Wyatt universe and the, the Funhouse. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, like something completely different from what Alex has done before, and it's just given her an extra opportunity to like show how versatile she is. And it's one of the few things on Rod I think it's worth like checking out. And I like the fact he's got the gloves that say play and pain. Uh, mm. Kind of his whole heart heal kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. Yeah, Jack, come to you. Do you have any other other thoughts on that? Do you agree with Scott? Do you disagree with Scott? Um, and do you have any predictions for what might come next uh, for Alexa Bliss and the Fiend Bray Wyatt? Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I've loved everything that's happened. I think it's, it's been documented before that she's really wanted to work with Wyatt, and I'm so glad it's happening now, back when this whole Sister Abigail uh, bullshit was going on, because that would have <laughs> done no ends to either of them. I'm glad it's in this iteration of the Firefly Funhouse. She just fits in so perfectly. I felt that I, I, when we did the, the feature show for the draft, I said that uh, Bray and Alexa should be the top picks to go to Raw, and I'm so glad that happened. So give them this kind of new avenue, new avenue of folk they can face and go up against because they were kind of running a bit dry on SmackDown. I believe we're going to get more stuff to do with that. I would absolutely love to see Alexa Bliss as Raw Women's Champion sooner rather than later under this new iteration under the Firefly Funhouse, I think it would be make for excellent viewing also, I think that the angle they're going right now is potentially reckoning uh, Mia Yim going up against Asuka, but I would absolutely love if Alexa Bliss could get involved, but I'd be a bigger fan if Bray Wyatt helped her win the belt, so that it caused them some sort of like shenanigans like along the way with the lights going out and the screechy kind of voice and whatnot, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it just being Alexa Bliss going by herself, I feel it would do the character better if Wyatt helped her and did this whole play, pain, heart, heal dynamic thing that's going on. I'm a big fan. Possibilities are endless for me. Yeah, Dave, what do you think? Do you have any other fantasy booking uh, eyes on this? Where would you like to see the Bliss uh, Fiend partnership go? Not only in the immediate future, but where do you see this ending? Do you eventually see Alexa Bliss reverting back to her old persona or do you think this is it for the long haul? I mean, it's certainly long-term booking uh, is there, like because you know the Fiend's a very captivating character in his own right, and by association, Alexa Bliss will have all eyes on her as well. So I could possibly see her regaining the Raw Women's Championship somewhere down the line. I don't know if she, I think it would make sense more if she beats Asuka for it, because you know Asuka's basically clean-swept the entire competition on Raw. So. And I like how she's getting involved with the Firefly Funhouse as well. Uh, you know, it makes her show off that more playful side, like what she did with uh, with Nikki Cross. But if anything, this is a, a really good transition uh, to get her back to a single star when she's basically been relegated to the women's tag team division for so long. And her character development has just taken another step up. Another step up. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with her going forward. Totally, totally. Oh, sorry, Scott, on you go. Sorry, I didn't realise we're also fans Spoon because I've had an idea for a while. Because like, I don't think they've really fully taken advantage of the idea of a Bliss cross feud. Mm-hmm. And like the idea of like if the Fiend changes people, then I think Alexa should by extension change people. I think if she and Nikki should have a proper feud, which also leads to Nikki uh, re- regressing back to kind of the crazy character she had before her sanity persona. And mm-hmm. I actually think they should do cross versus Bliss. Firefly Funhouse match. Oh, a women's Firefly Funhouse match. Something we have not seen. That would be interesting. Would John Cena pop up in that, do you think? 
Maybe. It might explain where he's been all this time. <laughs> I love that. And the also... The fiend changes you. It makes you want to actually get married all of a sudden. <laughs> that bastard. DC apparently reached out to Nikki after she had his way in. Well, you've, you've missed your boat, son. You know, you missed your chance. You know, I, I'm going to have I think, that. I think that, that booking with Nikki Cross as well is definitely a feud that's worth seeing as well. But I don't know if it's you necessarily need a championship for it. You know, it could be Nikki. I think because Nikki's acknowledged that, you know, it was her actions that sort of led Bliss down that path to begin with. And I think mm. there's a good story to tell that Nikki could be the one to bring her back as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we've talked about her in-ring career up until this point, but she has been involved in a number of other things. Scott, I'll come to you first. Um, she appeared on season seven uh, of Total Divas. Do you remember anything about her time on Total Divas at that uh, at this point? I remember uh, awkward interaction with her and uh, uh, Naya when they both like they went visiting like a farm because you know she has her pig Larry Steve, and then uh, so they went to get food and she basically gives out to Naya for eating bacon. <laughs> Like, seriously. <laughs> um, did Naya not also tell her to break up with Murphy like live on the show? Pretty, pretty so. sure there's, there's a very awkward interaction with the three of them on that show. Yeah, really awkward friendship between I think Bliss and Naya in general, but she's also been the subject of a song um, <laughs> written by <laughs> Band Bowling for Soup Jack. What do you think of this tune? How would you rate it out of 10? Were you shocked to see Bowling for Soup doing a song on Alexa Bliss when it first came around? What's your thoughts on that one? Shocked, yes. 10 out of 10 anthem. That's my, my go-to shower song to have <laughs> uh, and sing and, uh, when the, sh- the, the water's pouring down. I think it's absolutely brilliant because uh, Alexa Bliss has said in our podcast many a times and just even on programme in general that her favourite band that she's always wanted to go always went to go see and just she's like always kept off with this bone for soup then she's she's literally living the dream of having her favourite band write a song about her and it decorates her entire life and makes it absolutely glorious and it just goes to show that why can't every girl be more like Alexa Bliss <laughs> why can't they why can't they Jack why can't they and Dave you touched on it earlier um, she is also the host of the Uncool with Alexa Bliss podcast. Um, you've listened to it. What, what were your thoughts on it overall? And she does a really good job of hosting as well. I think this is what we were saying, you know, back in 2018, 2019, when she was taking on a more sort of authoritative figure and having more sort of hosting type roles. I think this was, in hindsight, it, it's almost as if they were planting the seeds for, you know, a role for Alexa Bliss outside of WWE, uh, or sort of outside in-ring competition. And this podcast is uh, is sort of a really good case in point. You know, it's and you know having her having obviously a bowling for suit making a song about her as well. It's you know she's got a lot of film. She's uh, starting to get filmography sort of accolades behind her as well, and she's a she's a regular feature on Up Up Down Down as well. So mm. I think she's a definitely a good. Uh, media person to have as like a or a sort of social media ambassador for wwe just like in the same way that miz is totally and i i I like the people they've given podcasts to and the official sort of wwe sense so far it's guys and guys and girls can really carry it you've got alexa bliss obviously cody graves does his podcast which i enjoy the new day podcast is always hilarious and i believe correct me if i'm wrong but lillian garcia's podcast is now under the wwe umbrella i believe yeah Yeah, chasing glory yeah she's on wwe network now yeah. Also, so, Isaiah Swerve Scott, his podcast is now under the Dewey banner as well. Oh, lovely. Good, good for Isaiah. Good for Isaiah. I like Isaiah. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I want to see Alexa Bliss do? What? I, I want to see her be part of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> that would be good for her. 
I think. Can you imagine Bruno commenting in Alexa? Oh, that's the dream. That's the yeah. dream. You know? She does um, yeah, and she's also done a few sort of reaction videos for some YouTube channels as well. I think she did it for the React channel. Like, yeah. you know, they sometimes get WWE superstars on the React channel to, to react to silly stuff. Like, she's been on one of them and she did the Try Not To Laugh challenge, but she laughed at every single one. You know, for somebody who plays such a villainous character on TV, she actually seems like a very likeable person in real life. I felt like Alexa, but we are going to wrap up our thoughts on this show here and I'm going to come to each of you in turn. And I need you to tell me definitively, what is your favorite Alexa Bliss moment from her entire career? And to start us off, I am going to go to Mr. Scott McLeod. When she did the Buzz Lightyear laser to Billy Kay at SummerSlam. <laughs> she came out thinking she's coming out with a basically Toy Story cosplay because she, she's also really into Disney. So she was doing basically the Buzz Lightyear like laser point at Billy Kay. Billy Kay was like, what, how am I supposed to react to this? Because it was just like <laughs> all just like, Oop. <laughs> I love that so much, and I love Billy Kay. Thank you for bringing Billy Kay up, Scott. I appreciate that. Uh, Jack, we'll come to you. What's your favourite Alexa Bliss moment? I would say it's either when she wins Miss Money in the Bank or where she, when she attacked Becky Lynch on SmackDown. They kind of led to the start of that storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, 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 are, they are my two favourites. I, 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 I don't know if I can pick between the two, and they're both really good. But she she, her full career is a highlight moment, you know what I mean? <laughs> She's a human highlight reel. Um, but it was, she got a good pop for winning money in the bank I remember that and this was around the time she was like more of a cult fan favourite you know what I mean it was like the mm-hmm. starkier side of the crowd was cheering her really quite heavily every time she came out uh, Dave what is your favourite Alexa Bliss moment of all time uh, it's got to be the interactions with Braun Strowman in the mixed match challenge I think it just brought out another side of her that you know were we weren't used to seeing and it also helped Braun in a capacity as well but just seeing those two interact together you can't help but smile you yes. just wish it was you you dirty dog <laughs> not, not necessarily. Standing on the shoulders of David Hockney would not uh, have the same effect as standing on the shoulders of Braun Strowman. But we are all, in a way, standing on the shoulders of David Hockney for his great work on this I mean, she's podcast. Only, she's, only, she's only five foot tall, but maybe five foot two in her wrestling boots. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, listen, we've had a, a great talk there about Alexa Bliss. Um, I would like to thank my panel for being on uh, with me today. Scott, have you had a good time? I've had a great time. Thank you very much. Uh, Jack, would you like to do this sometime again? What other women's wrestler do you think we should profile, Jack? Put it out there on the air. I think one that me and you would really, really enjoy is a feature show on the Iconics. Oh my God, can you imagine? (laughs) Oh my God, can you imagine? So I'm putting it out there to the ESSR feature panel that maybe get get this spreadsheet up. I better see the Iconics on here for 2021. Let's put it in the ether, let's put it in the ether. Dave... Um, what about yourself? Um, what's com- What's coming up? When's the next time we're going to see you on a feature show? What's the next one you're going to be on? Uh, well, I've not got the calendar in front of me, but uh, I think I'll be doing... No, I'm not on the Survivor Series show. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm literally just coming to go through the calendar here. The next one I'll be on is probably the best women's rival race hosted by Oh my God! Same! I'll see you there, Dave. I'll see you good, there, yeah. It'll be a great time. I, apparently that's when you'll see me next. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it'll be fun to see you then. Don't forget, uh, check out Central uh, Drops and ESSR every Tuesday. You can check that out. We go down the week that 
wasn't wrestling the next feature show is a review of survivor series that'll be fantastic don't forget to check out these guys doing great work every saturday even if i disagree with about 70 percent of what they say they do great work every saturday and saturday draft live don't forget to check out east meets west don't forget to check out our youtube channel quiz showdown conspiracy theory book it all that jazz find us on twitter facebook instagram and guys i'd like to thank you for joining me today so for myself it's a goodbye and for my panel goodbye there now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for quiz showdown Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.